mighty name. We'll give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to the book of 2 Kings, chapter 4. While you're turning there, let me say it's great to have my in-laws here, uh, brother and sister James Bertram. Hallelujah. Now, I've been trying to get them to move here for a long time. But they love horrible weather. This is meant to be a joke, so I'll probably stop. Doesn't sound very funny right now, but but we love these folks, and uh, and I really do love them and appreciate them. They could just stay here forever. We'll take care of them. That's just how I feel about it. In Jesus' name, Hallelujah. You. Can, that's better than Medicare, Obamacare, Bernie Care, all the other cares. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Am I the only one that is rejoicing over 70-degree weather? I'm telling you. I'm telling you, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm in heaven, kind of. All right, 2 Kings chapter 4. Great to see everybody tonight. Verse number 8. And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. She said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is an holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick, and it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. And it fell on a day that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber and lay there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, Call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, he stood. she stood before him. And he, and he said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Wouldest thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among mine own people. And he said, What then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Verily, she has no child, and her husband is old. And he said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door, and he said, About this season... According to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaid. And the woman conceived and bare a son at that season that Elisha had said unto her, according to the time of life. Making room for the man of God making room for the man of God. Let's pray. 
Father, we love you tonight. So grateful and thankful and standing in the overflow of tremendous spiritual atmosphere that's been created in this place amongst this people. God, I pray that you'll speak to all of us and help us. Help us to walk in that new level, that new dimension, that new season that you have prepared for us. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Praise God. The book of 2 Kings is fraught with supernatural examples, amazing things take place in Second Kings, and I'm just putting my own theological stamp on things here just for the sake of understanding, just like we have the book of Acts. To some degree, Second Kings could be called the Acts of the Prophet. And this is just my own surmising. This is not theolo- a theological statement by any stretch, but it's almost as if after First and Second Samuel and First Kings, where there is a historical unveiling of and the emergence and stability and the dynasties that are created by the office of the king. It is almost as if 2 Kings is a reminder to God's people that even in the presence of great fallibility and great error because it was never God's intention that the nation of Israel would have a king, a physical uh, dynasty of a king that was rooted in Um, all kinds of atrocities and sins and highs and lows are described with the kings. It was sustained by gross nepotism, and it was the choice of God's people. You may remember all the way back in 1 Samuel that they said, give us a king that we may be uh, represented among uh, all of the people. And that was not talking about God's people. That was talking about in all the peoples of the world. Now that they're in the promised land, they don't want the responsibility of being what God called them to be. And so they asked for a king because that is what all the other nations had. And so God gave them the request, but with great caveat. So in the midst of all that, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, uh, first and Second Samuel, but when you get to Second Kings, it's almost as if God goes back to His original plan of unleashing the prophet, because it was God's original plan that the nation of Israel was guided by a prophet and a priest, and the priest would represent the people to God, and the prophet would represent. God to the people. And those two 
human supernatural agency would be enough to keep God's people on track so they could fulfill the perfect will of God. And so in 2 Kings here, we don't have time to get into all this, it's just voluminous, powerful things, the things that God did even outside the perimeter, perimeter of Israel and amongst his own people is recorded in this book. In this particular story, the Holy Ghost brought this story to me last week. And after this last weekend, God began to add more and more and more and more, so here we are tonight. A Shunammite woman that is in proximity to seeing the man of God as he travels, and she began to cook for him. And in our opening verse here, in verse number eight, that she constrained him to eat. Now, I want to tell you what, every preacher loves to eat. And you can take one look at me and say, that guy likes to eat too much. And you'd probably be right. Um, actually, I think I'm right where I'm supposed to be. But my wife thinks I need to lose a little weight. I'm glad you're not responding because I don't agree with her either. I just don't. You might think I do, but I just don't. I just don't. I think I'd, I'll look good for But she constrains the prophet to stop and eat. And it really doesn't take long to get Pentecostal folks to find where a good place to eat is. And so he comes and eats and leaves. And finally, this woman turns to her husband and she says, I perceive that this is a holy man of God, not just a man of God, but a holy man of God, which passes by continually. And in a profound unfolding of events, she says, let us make a little chamber. I don't know who this woman is. There's no, there's no record of her before this. There's no record of her after this. This is just a vignette, a short story in which God is trying to reveal something. It's a true story. But this woman had a revelation. And her revelation is, is that I want to create room for the man of God. Now, before this story is, is through tonight, 
you're going to see that there are three separate movements, movements like a symphony. And the two consecutive beyond this movement are based on this very first movement of this scriptural symphony. And so you have to get this. I want you to get this. I'm not going to run around and jump around and do a bunch of theatrics. I want you to get focused on this because there is a revelation here. And this woman makes a determination that it's, it's not good enough just, just to feed him once in a while. It's, it's not good enough just to have him spend a little time here. I want, I want to create a place for him where he can dwell here. His influence can be in our home. And so the Bible says, let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall. Now, virtually every other English translation says that this is a room on the roof or a room upstairs, an upper room. And that has critical import in this passage of Scripture because already she was positioning the man of God above her. They didn't put the man of God in the basement. They didn't put the man of God in a room that was auxiliary to the the back porch. But she said, let's make a room for him up the wall or upstairs or on the roof. And those are direct uh, interpretational translations. And once we get this room created for him, Let's put in there a bed. She's not just interested now in this, in this guy coming by and having tacos. She is not just interested in catching up on the latest news from Mount Carmel. But she's almost anticipating, I'm going to cook breakfast for him. I want him to sleep here. Let's put a bed in that room. Let's put a table in the room with a stool and a candlestick, and it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. The bed is to stay at night. The stool and the table are to stay during the day. If he wants to study, he can sit at the stool. If he wants to read, he can sit at the table. If he wants to read into the night, there'll be candlesticks there. She was making it so that the man of God was there both night and day. Verse number 11, and it fell on a day that he came thither, and as he turned into the chamber, he lay there. And while he's laying there, I don't know how long he had been visiting. I don't know how long he had been taking advantage of the incredible generosity and hospitality of people that wanted a man of God in their home. They wanted the influence. They wanted the spiritual influence of that man of God in that home. But as he was laying there, he got to thinking. 
And he got to thinking, you know what? I want to return the favor. But when a man of God returns the favor, it's not going to be monetary. It's not going to be a meal. It's not going to be furnishings. It's not going to be some tangible item. It's going to be a spiritual thing. And so he speaks to his assistant Gehazi. He said, I want you to call this woman of the house. I wanted her to come up here and just stand at the door. And we will have a conversation with her. And first, I'm gonna, you're going to be the intermediary. I'm going to talk to you and you can talk to her. This is how Elisha did it many times. You might remember in the very next chapter, Naaman the Syrian has leprosy. And we find the prophet would not come down. He would not come out and talk to Naaman the Syrian, even though he was the captain of the host. He was a powerful man. He sent Gehazi to talk to him. And he uses Gehazi to communicate to this woman. This woman comes up. And Gehazi comes out and says, um, what is it that we can do for you? And so finally, they get to the bottom of this, and Gehazi reports to the prophet, and he says that she is barren, and her husband is old. There are lots of barren wombs in the Bible. And I want to tell you that barren wombs are an opportunity for a miracle. When we look at the Word of God, barren wombs are an opportunity, not a disability. I'm going to say that again, but I'll come, come at it from a different angle. Usually when there's a barren womb, people go to the doctor and they find out who's got the problem. Is the problem me? Is the problem you? Let's, let's find out who's got the problem. I want to tell you that God is big enough. I've seen it. I've preached revivals. I was preaching a revival for Brother Gordon Richardson in Manteca, California. I was just, I don't even know if I was full-time as an evangelist yet, but I had been preaching there uh, for some time. And there was a couple there that we were praying for in the altar. And the pastor leaned over to me while we were praying for them. He says, they cannot have children. I Listen, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is God. This is God moving on me. I looked at these this couple and I told them that you are going to have children in the name of the Lord. We prayed for them. The service continued on. I, I went on my way. I was invited to come back to that church the very next Easter and preach a revival and preach that Easter service. And the pastor leaned over to me while I was on the platform, and he said, do you see, uh, they had twins, and they're right there. Ladies and gentlemen, don't tell me that God is not big enough and powerful enough. I'm telling you it's time for a season of the supernatural. almost a double negative, but not to God. 
And so finally, Elisha says, call her and have her stand at the door. He's, if I understand this, this, this context, he's still laying down. The last we find him, he's laying there. And he says, when she stood at the door, about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie under thy hand. Don't get my hopes up. Don't tell me something, pastor, that's not going to happen. quiet. And the woman conceived and bare a son at that season that Elisha had said unto her according to the time of life. Let's clap our hands and give God praise. What was it? brought this miracle to pass. She made room for the man of God. She elevated the man of God in her own home by placing him upstairs, which is in accordance with Hebrews 13, 17. Obey them that have the rule over thee. Now, after Sunday service, I really felt like God started to talk to me about sharing some things with this congregation. It is the will of God that you make room for the man of God in your life to this level. That is the will of God. But let's be realistic. Some of us have been disappointed by ministry. Some of us have been let down by ministry. Um, I'm saying this very genuinely. I, I almost feel a sense of sorrow for people that have had pastor after pastor after pastor after pastor because what happens is, uh, Brother Carlos said it best, we, there, there is a jading. It, it's not that you intend to become that. It's not that you want to become that. It's not that you will to become that. But with so many different voices and in between all those chapters, then you have the stuff that happens in life. And it adds to the jading. Until a man of God just becomes a pastor. Or even worse, just my preacher. I'm not preaching this tonight as a public service announcement for myself, but I am telling you 
that the gateway and the doorway of the supernatural stands before us. What about the Sergio? Brother Sergio, we saw those pictures at that incredible, that incredible presentation that Aaron Mayo put together. Of it, I, I sat here and just cried. It, it was, it was, it was magnificent. But I forgot what you looked like when you got here. How long? How many years ago was that, Brother Sergio? Almost ten. Do you remember what I told you when you first came here? Did it come to pass? Clap your hands and give my God the praise. I've never seen this guy in my life. If you'll make room, the miracle will happen. I understand. Just another preacher. Just another pastor. I understand. I'm not, I'm not putting you down for that. It's unfortunate that life and religion conditions you to look at me that way. It's unfortunate. Because what you witnessed here on Sunday was you witnessed a pastor and his pastor. And the same unction, the same anointing, and the same promises. Some of you need convincing. Yesterday, we took a little drive, didn't we, baby? In fact, people were making fun of the taxi driver. They got tired. They were, we were looking at real estate. We were looking at buildings. I showed them, oh, yeah, this is our first building. This is our second building. This is our third building. I took them over on the corner of Green Acres that dead ends into the interstate, and I showed them the piece of property. Somebody had dumped old mattresses and garbages, and it was just, it's just a barren field. There was an old sign that we put on the interstate that said future home of Cornerstone, and it's completely fallen apart. We talked about it a little bit today. That is not of God. Everybody said today. I got two phone calls from two different de developers that want to buy that property. I'm meeting one tomorrow morning. Go ahead and clap your hands and give God praise. I haven't been there in months. I forgot what it looked like. What are you talking about? I'm talking about the supernatural. Everybody said today. I got a call from a real estate agent putting together the value of this building with this new overpass that's coming across, and it's going to be in the neighborhood of $7 million. Brother Sergio, did it come to pass? Let's just lift our hands and give God the praise. 
Let's just give God the praise. I just want to flow with this. I just want to, I want to ride this. I, 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 I want to be in a church that has the miraculous. I, I, want to be, I want to be a part of something that's moving and growing and has the supernatural, not just another Wednesday, another Tuesday, another Sunday, another cycle of life. Nothing ever happens. No, no, no highs, no low. Listen, that is not the will of God. That has never been the will of God. If we'll make room, this will only happen to you according to the room that you create for the man of God. There's things that have been spoken in this altar just praying for people. And God has brought it to pass. The 21st century apostolic church is caught in a unique dynamic. And part of that dynamic is, is that we are, we are trying to hang on to ancient values and ancient revelations. But we've got people that can't seem to make it to church more than once a week. And we're expecting to elevate them to a place in the spirit where they can hang on to that to the very next service. And you and I both know that that's impossible without a deep, probing, thriving relationship with Jesus Christ. And so, the pastor is caught in this unique balance of trying to bring a congregation to the place of recognizing that God has their miracle if they will take it totally on themselves to make room for the man of God. Let's just lift our hands and pray. Not just another preacher, not just another church, not just another, oh, we like the music, the air conditioner works good, they have a good place to park, but getting back into the supernatural and the realm of revelation. Come on, let's pray together. God, by the authority of the name of Jesus, I know you talk to me. I pray that you'll open up the windows of heaven in this building tonight and pour out something that we can continue to keep the momentum from this 25th anniversary and just keep it building, 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 and building, and building. An incredible miracle takes place that was not initiated by the prophet. You have to get that. This miracle in this story was initiated by this woman. How can that be? Because God values people that value the things of God. Let's go to Matthew chapter 10, verse number 41, Brother Clark. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. What does that really mean? That means if you put the same value and recognize the identity and the worth of that man like God does, you will get the same thing that that man gets. Well, that's just the preacher. That's just the old pastor. One of the, and I'm, 
One of the things that really bothers me is when I see people that are getting familiar, too familiar with other people, where they just say, oh, that's just old Joe. That's just old Bob. That's just old what's-his-name. They'll never amount to a hill of beans. Don't look at your brother and sister that way. That is a child of God. They, are, they have got possibility. They have unlimited potential. They have unlimited possibility. Don't put that label on me. I may shock you. I may surprise you. You may be shocked to see what God does. I've been in, I've been in my travels as over the last few years, just seeing a multitude of different congregations and feeling different spirits and uh, attitudes in congregations. And I've seen people that get way too familiar with one another, and everybody stays way down. But I've seen other churches that thrive because when they look at people, it's like, man, hey, love you. I'm glad you're here today. Hallelujah. I'm glad you're here today. What's your name? I already knew that. But see, I don't look at Andrew as just some guy up there just thump, 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 thump. That's all he's going to do for the next 40 years. Thump, 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 thump. God may come on him. He might end up being a missionary to Brazil before it's over. And I'm all for it. God, use him. Anoint him. Empower him. You start taking people down, and that reveals where you are. Where you see people are and what comes out of your mouth says everything about where you are in the spirit. Brother, uh, Brother Zab, how many people remember Zab? Brother Zab called me a while back and he said, Pastor, I prayed through. I said, thank God. He said, Pastor, will you forgive me? I said, absolutely. In the face of every lying devil, Brother Zab, you just get up and you believe God. Come on, somebody. I, re- I, re- I refuse. But see, it has to start with leadership. The pew can't do this. The pew cannot rise above the level and the expectations of their, of their headship. The headship, this is why this woman had a revelation. She said, I'm not putting the pastor in the cellar. I'm going to put him above me. I want him on the roof. He's from Mount Carmel. He's already in an elevated position. He can already see things afar off. He's already closer to God geographically. When I bring him into my house, I'm not going to put him down. I'm not going to try to bring him down to my level. I'm not going to try to criticize him. I'm not going to be sarcastic. I'm not going to have some lousy, backslidden spirit. I'm going to lift him up and say, bless me. Bless me. Give me something from God. Clap your hands and give God the praise. The degree of the supernatural operating in your life is totally dependent on where the pastor is in your life. Especially if a pastor wants the supernatural. What happened around here on Sunday was probably a little weird for some people. Sister Wilson, she's just, she's just Sister Wilson. She's my, she's my spiritual mom in the Lord. And she can do whatever she wants to do, within reason. She gets emotional. 
She can prophesy. She can see right through people. God's used her many times to do that. But she just lavishes her love and her prayer. What they gave to my wife and I, I got up 5 o'clock in the morning the next day and came down to the church and put that prayer thing on and was walking around and praying with it. You think, all oh, that's silly. Honey, that ain't silly. That's why God's opening doors. That's why God's saying, get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. You can sit there and wonder why it's passing you by, but not me. I want to get on board. Swing low, sweet chariot, and let me get on board and escape the carnality and escape. Clap your hands and give God the praise. No, let's really praise him. Come on. Somebody give him glory. Somebody give him praise. Somebody exalt the only name. I remember the pastor gave me a word. I'm going to hang on to that. I'm going to hang on to that. According to your faith, be it unto you. visions the next morning. That's not how it happens to me. What happens to me is we get into a service like this and we start working together in the Holy Ghost, the ebb and the flow of the Spirit of God. It comes down here first. It goes out there. You, you respond to it. You send it back to me and we create this powerful vortex of an ebb and a flow between heaven and earth and everything in the middle gets blown to smithereens. But if you say, well, I'm just going to church and I'm just, I'm just going to sit there because I don't feel like it. And I'm not, listen, I, if you think I feel like doing this every single day, but I love God every day. But I tell, I've already controlled my flesh. I'm not letting my attitude keep me from this. I'm not letting a bad day keep me from this. I'm not letting the 50 text messages I got right before church get between this. I've got to condition myself to say, my flesh is not going to be in control. I want all of God I can get. I want everything I can get out of this service. I'm going to squeeze it until I get everything out of this. This woman had a revelation. I have no idea where she got this revelation. She said, we are going to make room in my house. I'm not going to live one way at home and another way when the preacher comes around. He's going to know if I got a television. He's got to know if I'm watching Hollywood. He's going to know if I'm looking at things on the computer I shouldn't be looking at. We might just end up selling this building. What are we going to do, Pastor? I don't know, but God's going to show us. God didn't lead us all this way for us to just wander around and wonder what we're doing. I'm, we're actually looking at this building across the street, and I really hope that that's it. If we sell this building, we'll buy that one and buy a bunch of acreage right next to it and build a school over there. We'll do something. 
Or we're looking at a building over on Moulter that's 80,000 square feet. They bought it four years ago for $3.6 million. We get a ton of cash for this building. We'll pay off the rest of the loan on this. We'll pay cash to that one and remodel it for cash and not owe anything. That sound like a good deal? That sound like God? <laughs> Honey, if you can pay cash, it's God. Somebody in the back, go ahead and praise him. Well, Pastor, I'm just getting to like it around here. It's too bad. We're growing. Get, stay with the group. People get off. They start wandering off in their mind. They start wandering off away from the group. When they finally wake up, they find out that a devil has planted seeds in their field. Now they say, what do I do with this mess? You're just going to have to live with it. telling you. When you get supernatural people around, supernatural things happen. God's opening doors to communicate. I'm communicating with people about this church and about Pentecost. Doors are opening everywhere. Where's Brother Dalen Sargent? Would you lift your hands? Would your wife lift her hands? Would you guys lift your hands at the exact same time? I love these people. God, give them a blessing for being so obedient to me. <laughs> Wonderful people. I'm at the gym, and the woman that works at the gym, I go to a gym where it's all old people, so don't worry. Every once in a while, you get some, you know, Burt Reynolds type come in there. I just <laughs> laugh at these people. I, it's hilarious. Listen, uh. I go to a gym that is constantly doing geriatric workouts. All right? One, two, three. Oh! Next one. One, two. I said, man, I can hang with this group. I'm a, I'm a man. Oh, honey, I've been at the gym working out. <laughs> one, two, three. Some of you should try some of that. I tried witnessing to the, the woman one time, and she wasn't biting, so I didn't go any farther. But one day she said, are you a pastor? Yeah, I'm a pastor. She said, are you a pastor across the freeway, interstate? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, the name of that church, Cornerstone? I says, yes, it is. She said, I lost my purse. And somebody from that church over there called me up and told me they had my purse. And what really blew her away is everything was in that purse. Sister Sergeant was the one that found that. Someone needs to clap their hands right now. And now she's ready for a witness. When God opens the door, say, God, I've been waiting for this. I'm not going to be carnal. I'm not worried about how bad I feel. I'm going to walk right through it and give God the glory. Somebody shout with a voice of triumph. 
So thank you, Sister Sergeant, for being so honest. Credit cards, money, keys, everything was in there. That blew her away. The second part of this scripture is that the boy grows up. She gives birth to a boy. This is the fulfillment of not just a prophecy. See, it's, it's a mistake to believe that this started with a prophecy. This started with an act of generosity. This started with her making room for the man of God. The result of that, because she valued what God valued. When you receive a prophet, in the name of the prophet, you will receive a prophet's reward. Why? Because you're putting the same value on that man that God puts on him. Sometimes we've got a few people that have, that have moved into this church through the last couple of years. I love you all. But there's some of you, I don't push you too hard. And it's because I'm trying to win you. I'm trying to win you to leadership. Because your view of leadership has been so skewed because of some of the things that you have been exposed to. And I'm saying publicly, I love you and I'm glad you're here. I really am. I wouldn't want it any other way. But I also, I also understand that depending on what people have experienced previous, if you're going to get to what I'm talking about tonight, and this is the only way to live for God. Ladies and gentlemen, going from church to church to church to church to church to church to church and trying to find your little place where you can fit in and that's just assume that you're going to fall in love with the preacher, that's a rolling of the dice. That's a dangerous game. But it happens. It's, it's a reality of life. And I know that when people come here, depending on, on what kinds of situations are taking place, that I know my work's cut out for me. Because if Cornerstone is ever going to be what God has already showed me it's going to be, that means that we have to create this together. Which means you need to get in the hospital and allow God to operate on you. And I'll let God to spiritually heal you so you can get to the place with the Shunammite woman where it says, you know, it's time to get rid of the television. You know, it's time to get rid of Hollywood. I don't need that anymore. God's going to show me stuff. I'm going to see things in the spirit. I'm going to have somebody help me out right now. But you got to be willing to move with this or you're never going to get better. You're just going to become a casualty of Pentecost. Which means I'm like a tumbling, I'm like a rolling stone that gathers no moth. There's no residual, there's no evidence of my journey. Because I'm rolling, I'm rolling, I'm rolling. I'm not stationary, I'm just rolling. But you're here tonight, and I love you, God loves you, God's got hopes for you, God's got dreams for you, and I want to see it come to pass. Let's lift our hands and give God the praise. God, in the name of Jesus, God, make us whole so we can be holy. Make us whole. Make us pure. Wash us. Cleanse us. And help us to believe and trust again. So, this woman receives an incredible miracle. And her boy 
grows up, and he goes to work. And while he's at work, he gets hit in the head. And he's he's suffers an injury of sorts. And they rush him back to his mother. And while in his mother's arms, her promise dies. The boy dies right there. The very first thing she does, she says, I'm going to go to the man of God. And I'm about ready to give you a revelation that God gave me. She goes to the man of God. And she communicates, I, there's a lot we could read here. It's one of the longest stories in Second Kings, this incredible mir- miracle. But it could, because it has components to it, like a symphony, it has movement. And the first movement is her treatment and placement of the man of God and the miracle that comes because of that. And now, now through the process of time, uh, this miracle dies. He, he receives an injury in the head and, and her miracle dies. And now her response to that is, she goes to the man of God. And while Elisha is on Mount Carmel, he's in an elevated position. He's, in, he's closer to God. This is where God wants him. This is his address. He looks out and he says, there's that Shunammite woman. He's almost surprised to see her. It's there. It's in the scriptures. He said, get out there, Gehazi, and ask her, is it well? Is it well? Is it well? He runs out there. He says, is everything well? She says, yes, 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 but I need to talk. I need to talk to the man of God. I need to talk to the man of God. I need to talk to the man of God. She comes to the man of God, and she said, I'm paraphrasing, but it's in there. She said, I told you not to lie to me. She still had reserved that little That little part of doubt. And ladies and gentlemen, if it's going to be a real miracle, there will always be a granule of doubt that we have to keep in check. I was talking to Bishop and Sister Wilson yesterday. We were just driving around. Had a great time. And I told them, I took them to the first building. I said, Bishop, there were many days I walked up those steps of that very first building all by myself. And I, I said to myself, what, what am I doing here? I don't know anybody. Nobody knows me. I want revival. I believe you for everything that's in that Bible and more. And just day after day after day just kept at it. But I didn't let that doubt destroy everything that was already in me that brought me to this place. Finally, the man of God And the boy died before she left the house. She didn't take him to the morgue. She didn't say out the window, hey, guys, I need you to grab a shovel and dig a hole. My promise just died. She took the promise and she put it on the prophet's bed. Because when you get a miracle... A fulfilled promise that was given to you. That man of God is attached to that. Brother Pyatt, you remember about two years ago on a service just like tonight, I said, your son is coming home. He was in church that Sunday. You remember that? I'm attached to that. And we're going to stay attached to that. 
Within five days, he was here. Somebody clap your hands and give God the praise. Pastor, I need a promise like that. Make room for the man of God. Elevate him to the status where God sees him. You'll receive a prophet's reward. All look the same. Not this one. I'm slim. I'm trim. I'm a mean machine. One, two, three. I'm eating a Twinkie over here, and I'm going one, two. That's not working out. This is real stuff. You can struggle around, and, and this is why to, to get, how do, I, how do I articulate these things? Certain foundations that are laid in other environments and other people's lives do not facilitate what I'm preaching tonight. When I got my call into the ministry, it was a, it was a midweek Bible study just like this. Brother Wilson got up on a Wednesday night. A few more people there than that's here tonight. He said, Brother Rick Mayo, the Holy Ghost just spoke to me. You're supposed to start evangelizing. And the journey of the evangelism was not for me to evangelize around the country, which we did. It was God saying he's going to start here, but it's going to end up. I've already got a place where he's going to end up, and it's in Spokane, Washington. That was given supernaturally. There were things that my pastor gave me in the six years I was at the Rock Church that are still coming to pass. He's attached to that. And what happened around here on Sunday between Sister Wilson and Brother Wilson, it brought a whole new level. We're attached to that. All of these home missionaries that are out of this church, they are attached to me. If God did it here, God will do it where they are. Your opinion of the man of God is going to either limit the supernatural or blow the heavens wide open. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Making room for the man of God. God gave me a dream. About 28 years ago. And in this dream, I was sitting, talking to my pastor, and I was standing behind him, looking at myself. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me, said, as you love, as you love this man, other men will love you. Which meant that it had to be a context, Brother Mike Whitmire, in my relationship with my pastor, that nobody, nobody, not men's opinions, nobody, because it has come to pass. How many people were at the banquet? Did you hear what those young pastors had to say about being out of this church? God has brought it to pass. I didn't ask for that. I didn't pay him afterwards. Hey, man, 
here's five bucks for saying that nice stuff about me. No. They might get a phone call where they need to be rebuked. But see, they love the man of God. If you can't take rebuke, I'm not your pastor. If I can't straighten you out, I'm not your pastor. You're here. I'm glad you're here. But see, you're not, you're not ready to get to the place where you can get to this level that I'm talking about because you've got these issues you're working through. That's what I'm talking about. The church is like a hospital where people have to work through these issues. But as soon as you can trust the doctor, then we can get healed and we can become what God wants us to be and we can walk out of here and be what God wants us to be and be anointed and be powerful in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Hallelujah. So she lays this dead boy on the prophet's bed. I wonder why she did that. Because that boy is attached to the man of God. And so she put the boy on the bed and went and got the man of God. He first tried to use Gehazi. He said, here's my staff. That wasn't what was needed. There needed to be direct contact. So Elijah finally gets there. And he's praying. And he goes up into the room, and the Bible says he closes the door. It was not just a room. It didn't just have a bed. But I'm going to tell you one of the greatest blessings that you'll ever get in your life is to have a door. I'm going to tell some of you, some of you good people, it takes a long time to get a fence where this is mine. This is mine right here. This is my property here, and it's this guy's over here. The thing separated as a fence. I've been working a long time for that fence. Praise God for that fence. This is mine. Takes a while to get a fence. But before you ever get a fence like that, you have to have other fences in your life. See, people coming in out of the 21st century do not have good boundaries. And see, this beautiful woman over here, Sister Mayo, she and I... As the pastor and the pastor's wife, we are reverberating out boundaries for people. People come from all kinds of different ba- backgrounds where they didn't have boundaries or the, or the boundary was put here instead of here. If we put a boundary down, it's not to limit you. It's to make you more powerful. See, boundaries don't limit you. Boundaries keep God's presence pure and powerful instead of being contaminated and inundated with the flesh and the world and human reasoning and human. Clap your hands and give God the praise. So Elijah closes the door and he stretches that boy out. Hand to hand, eye to eye, nostril to nostril, mouth to mouth like God did to Adam. When he put his forehead on Adam and breathed the breath of life into him. And that man of God stretched out over that boy and began to pray. 
And then he began to pray some more. And he went back and stretched himself over this boy. Your pastor is not afraid to stretch. We could be comfortable right here. I'm ready to stretch again. I'm ready to reach again. I'm ready to go through another building program again. I'm ready to stretch and reach people again. I'm ready to do whatever it takes. Stretch. And the boy sneezed. He said, go get his mother. I will be doing this until I either physically or mentally cannot do this any longer. And I will be giving you 100%. Pastor, I don't like your counsel. I'm giving you the best I've got. I've got 25 years behind me and worked with hundreds of cases. And I believe in the supernatural. So who's the next one to get a great miracle around here? Making room for the man of God. Let's lift our hands and give him praise. You give a prophet a cup of water, you'll get a prophet's reward. Not just old Brother Mayo was on on a tangent again tonight. Some sarcastic analysis. No. Who needs a miracle? Let's lift our hands and give God the praise. God, I'm going to get rid of everything that could keep me from providing a place for the man of God. Let's stand tonight. Let's go ahead and lift our hands. Let's give him praise. I have one more scripture to give you, and then we're going to, we're going to pray. But I want, to, I want to prepare you for this. Jesus, I love you tonight. I thank you for your people. I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for your amazing word by the authority of the name of Jesus. The Bible says in Psalms 133, if you please go there. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Next verse. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garment. That unity is not horizontal. That unity is alignment under the high priest, the preacher, under Aaron. Whatever anointing comes on him, is going to come on me. Let's lift our hands and give God the praise. This is where God wants to take his cornerstone. Glorious, powerful, wonderful, supernatural things with miracles that increase our faith and increase our expectation. And God is glorified. Come on, let's lift our hands and pray. By the authority of the name of Jesus, God, I pray that you open the windows of heaven and pour out revelation and understanding, God. 
You know what? This altar is open. You want to come to this altar? There's, it's open to come and pray, consecrate, dedicate. Maybe you need to get some things out so that we can create more room. Maybe we need to remove some.